This morning I'm speaking on giving, and there's a beauty in the relationship to what you just saw and where the sermon is based. The sermon's based out of John 3.16. We made the sermon long before we found, a couple days before we found that video clip. And yet it works perfectly with where we're going this morning. Uh, I know some of you are starting to tighten up. Oh, that's great. Pastor's speaking about giving. Just want to let you know, if you're new at this church, I do that once a year. And I'm not shy about it. Because I believe there's a great joy in giving. Uh, I also always send out this little disclaimer. I don't need your money. Technically, I do. You support me. But if you stop giving, I'll just move in with you, with my family. We'll just find some room and and we'll be good. Um, I don't speak for the other staff. Uh, I speak for myself. It's not about that. It's about participating in something that God has put together and He has demonstrated. And so in searching for how do we wrap our minds around this and how do we get outside of the flack of... You guys know what flack is? Imagine shooting a shotgun and it sprays out. And and you don't necessarily get hit with like all of it, but you get hit with some of the residual that's floating onto the outside. That's what I mean, is that when it comes to certain things that the church teaches, you have the truth that's here in the middle, and then it starts to get a little hinky out here. Okay, And, And this is the area that gets distorted, that the world wants to kind of twist and distort. And sometimes we start listening to that flack and 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 so when it comes to giving you know i don't know that i've ever read a book heard a statement heard a uh, some great pontification about giving by a secular resource usually they're critical about the church and the church has brought some of that on um, sometimes the younger generation gets really wearisome about giving some of you some and even myself The church just keeps asking and asking for money. You're probably attending the only church where we keep telling you from the front, we don't need your money. We don't need your... Now, don't stop giving. But we don't need your money. And I'll explain that. But this is an uncomfortable subject for some people. Uh, So much so that uh, there's a... uh, This didn't happen to Lynn, but it happened to a church secretary at a small church. And she was in charge of taking the deposits, the gifts, and the offerings... Um, to the bank on the next day after services and one day her five-year-old was sick and so he had to stay home from school and he's riding with her in the car uh, to the bank she's got to go do this errand and so she's obviously up front driving he's in the back and next to him is this bucket that has all the money from the day before and he just keeps looking down and he keeps looking at mom he keeps looking down then he finally speaks up and he says mom what What's all this money? And she says, Oh, that's all the offerings from yesterday. Looks at it long and hard, and with great big eyes, he looks up again and he says, Does God know what you've done? (laughs) There's so much uncomfortable uh, approach to money in the church. We got to get past that. Can we get past that this morning? And let's just concern ourselves with the idea of giving as God has demonstrated. And how love, you heard it, love gives. That's it. That's what you've got to walk with today. Love gives. Now, the title of my sermon isn't Love Gives. It's, it's very depressing on the other hand. It hurts to give. Uh, 
it hurts to give. And the reality of that, and why did I name it or hurts to give, is because you guys know how much I like to shoot the elephant in the room. Is that it does hurt to give. It means that we have to sacrifice. But I'm here to help you understand, according to John 3.16, a verse we're very familiar with, that that really truly should shape all of our giving. Let's get into it this morning. Let's read the passage. And, and this will be our primary passage. We'll, we'll list a couple other verses this morning. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. It hurts to give. Let's pray this morning that God would open our hearts, open our minds, and open our eyes that we would see what He has for us in this area. Let's pray. Father, You gave immeasurably more than we can ever possibly think of matching. There is no matching program when it comes to what we just read. But there is a response. There is a relationship. There is a heartfelt reciprocation of understanding so deeply the gift that was given to us And at what great sacrifice. And at what great hurt. Father, this morning I want that to speak to each heart. Rather than some detailed proclamation about what is 10%. And how did the tabernacle exact the tithe. And all of those details, which are, are... points to be pondered, Father, for us, but Lord, I truly believe that this challenge in our life comes to the heart. So let us look at You as our example this morning. To Your glory, Father. Amen. Well, as we start this morning, we're going to start with this idea. We're going to look at John 3.16. And we're going to start to pull it apart and examine it in the idea of giving. So number one, Let's just start with the Father. For God. For God so loved what? The world. That what did He do? He gave. God so loved the world that He gave. Here you go. Here's the start. Here's the beginnings of it. He gave. It is much easier for me to drop a Benjamin in the plate than for me to give you any of my children. As a matter of fact, I can't even begin to amass the amount of money. Think about it. Go there with me, right? Amass the amount of money that you could give that would be worth giving your child. You can't do it, can you? He loved you so much that what did He do? He gave. That's where we start. That's where we start. Now we unpack it. Now we unfold it. Secondly, His love is to the world. Now there's a lot of different teachings about this, my friends. You know, if you want to get into predestination, who's the elect, all of that, that's not why we're here this morning. We're here about giving. And just so you know my personal take on this, that in this instance, I believe He's talking about the whole world. The world as we know it. Every single person in existence. Since the time of the cross, He gave His Son for those individuals to experience eternal life. 
Now, the fact is, not everybody receives a gift. Have you ever given a gift and somebody rejected it? There's the fact. But I believe what this is saying is that He gave this gift to the entire world. When we get to Christmas time and we start to celebrate the, the child, not Macy's, we celebrate the child, that that gift was given for everybody. Who didn't make your Christmas list? Anybody not make your Christmas? Did I make your Christmas list? No, I'm just kidding. Is there somebody who's not going to make the Christmas list? If you had unlimited resources and you could give a gift to everybody, would there be somebody who wouldn't make the list? Because they just, they're not qualified to receive a gift. Think about the heart of your father. Incredible. His love is manifested. What does that mean, manifested? That's an that's a 18-syllable word, Pastor. Stick to two. Let me show you a demonstration. We can talk real big about global outreach and that we love children and that we really think that, that the church should reach out globally and that the church should give sacrificially. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to have this visual sitting in front of you right now that represents families within our church and our children's department that sacrificed time and money and put together some very unique gifts. This is what it means to be manifested. Have you ever wondered why God didn't just wave His hand and create salvation? I mean, he could have, right? Why go through all the suffering? Why go through all the hurt? He could have done that. He could have just waved his hand and imparted salvation to the entire world. But yet he manifested his love through his son. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I know somebody has sacrificed greatly to give me a gift, it's really not so much about the value of that gift as the love that it demonstrated. You know what I mean? It makes it personal. It makes it deeply valuable. His love was manifested by giving His Son to the whole world. Third, His love is personal. His love is personal. How many of you remember going back? Maybe you were in a children's production. Maybe it was at school. Maybe it was here. You know, uh, Andrew Shirley, you guys grew up here. You were in the Dome Church. And maybe you had a program. I've seen pictures. You guys were great. Um, but maybe you had that little thing where there was a Christmas tree with these beautiful candy canes on it. Are you understanding that this happened to me? Okay. That I'm visualizing myself when I was seven years old at our church Christmas production. And there was a tree in the corner that had these mondo beautiful long candy canes. And we were told we were getting a candy cane if we were good, if we did a good job up on the stage, right? How many of you have ever, you know, you know, what I'm, you know where I'm going. And so we get done, we were good, we did everything, and we're excited that we're getting a, one of those beautiful candy canes. And that teacher went and they bought it just for me? Maybe my name's even on it. 
It's got a little card. Oh, that's awesome. And I, you know, Mrs. Dunn shined. Her giant bee high hairdo was glowing. It was so special how personal it was. And then when the program's over, we get done and I'm looking at that tree and I'm thinking, which one's mine? It's going to be so great. Mrs. Dunn did that for me. And then we're marched out the back and we're given that little candy cane in the cellophane wrapper. Almost cost me my salvation. You been there? That you love the the specific, beautiful present. Or maybe you're opening up presents under the tree with a family and everybody got the same thing from somebody. Do you know that giver? Some of you do. <laughs> I heard the laughter. And you're like, uh, at our house, it's like, who can do something to make these two girls cry more? Okay, it's like, let's, let's bring out, uh, I think one, they have a precious grandmother, and she had a fur, I'm going to make them cry right now. They had a fur, she had a, a fur coat from like the 30s. And they took the coat and they, I think they sewed it into like, I don't know what it was. What did you sew it into? Teddy bears. They sew, and then gave it to their mom or their, your children? Oh, mom gave it to you guys. And we needed canoes to get out of the living room. You know, just the incredible personal gift means something. Now, I want you to grasp this out of John 3.16. When it says He gave, and He gave sacrificially His Son, and it hurt to give, He gave for you. It says the world, but you're included in that world. And that personal salvation, while it's to all men, It is specific to you. How do we know that? Because to as many who have received the gift, they are given the rights to become the Son of God. Nobody else can accept that gift because it's personal. Only you can accept that gift for you. It's personal. It's special. But you never knew John 3.16 had all this packed in it. The Father's love was greater than His hurt. The Father's love was greater than His hurt. He gave His only Son. I don't know about you, but again, I, 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 can't, I can't begin to imagine what makes it worth me giving up my Son. And I shared with First Service that this week was just a crazy, crazy week. Just an incredible... You guys had that week? Just an incredibly challenging week. And just just lamenting over certain things. And what crossed my mind during first service as we were singing some songs is that in that moment when Christ was on the cross, when that gift was given of His only Son, why did Jesus ask the Father to forgive them? Remember, he says, forgive them. They know not what they do. They being those that were 
putting Him on the cross, those that had scourged Him, those that had pierced His side, those that had mocked Him, those that spit on Him, those that He came to die for, those that He knew His Father requested that He would go sacrificially to the altar like Abraham and Isaac. And He did so willingly, lovingly. And in the midst of all of that, He turns to His Father and says, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And that verse came to my mind as I was thinking about those who just are struggling so bad this week. And because of that struggle, they're reaching out in anger, in spite. And maybe they're hurting you. And yet Scripture says this, that just prior to going to the cross, Jesus was going back and forth across the Kirdron Valley. He was speaking in the temple by day. He was residing at Lazarus' house up on, on uh, Bethpage or Bethany at night. We read this morning about Mary anointing Him. Remember that verse? It says that on the second trip back and forth, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives and He looked over Israel and He wept over Israel. His only son. His only son. Hurt? This gift hurt. Because before even committing to the gift, before providing the gift, He knew that those He was dying for, those across the valley, those that He loved deeply, were going to reject the gift. They were going to take it and throw it away. They were going to spit on it. Is this personal? Jesus wept over this. That's how deep His love is. But love still gives. Even when it hurts. The Father gave His only Son. He gave His greatest possession. When it comes to my giving, am I willing to give up my greatest possession? Probably not. Probably not. That may be a, a, a bit of a challenge for me. I'll let you know when I get challenged and we'll see what happens. But I need to get there. Because, because the Father did. The Father gave up what? His greatest possession. But sometimes when we look at giving, it's not even a question of our greatest possession. It would just be a portion. Just a portion. Next, He gave without limitation. He gave all. He gave His greatest possession and required that He go all the way to death so that we could receive that gift. He didn't hold back because of love. Even though it hurt, He gave without limitation because of love. This is the pattern I need in my life for giving. He gave sacrificially. He gave when it hurt. He gave when it was difficult. He didn't give because it was convenient. Jesus stood on the opposite street corner and as the Pharisees stood there and, and provided and, and demonstrated their giving and let it be known what they were doing, He turns to them and He says, watch as the widow walks up to the temple box and puts in what? Everything she has. And He says to them, shame on you. 
Sure, you're giving a tithe, but your heart is far from me. Your heart is not in this. Brothers, sisters, this is the greatest thing you can give. Is that whatever you give, it is from your heart. It is a conduit for the love of Christ to flow to you and a reciprocation of you to flow right back to Him. Do not get confused with numbers. Do not get confused with pressure. Do not get confused with guilt. Do not get confused with rhetoric. None of it. Set it aside and make it a personal endeavor and relationship between you and the one who gave until it hurts because he loves you. And then you're giving freely. Then this becomes an act of worship. Then this becomes a joy, which is what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians 9. Let's move into that next point. Jesus gave freely to those who hurt him. Jesus gave freely to those who hurt him. And we'll read the Romans 5 in in a moment. Freely given to those who believe. Now, I told you that God sent his son for the entire world. But here's the reality is that Jesus gave Himself freely. There was no requirement for us to accept the gift of eternal life. And we'll, we'll hit that in just a moment. We'll break that down. But one requirement actually is there. You have to what? You have to believe. For as many who have received, to them He gave the right to become the sons of God. You can't experience the beauty of a gift unless you receive it. You have to receive it. This morning, are you there? Is that where you need to be? Do you need to acknowledge this beautiful gift that is given for all mankind for all time and you need to cross over into this moment of saying, I'm going to set aside my pride and yes, I receive it. I may not be worthy, but yes, I'll receive it. I may not feel qualified, but yes, I'll receive it. I may not fully even understand it. But it sounds so enticing and there's so much love involved in it that yes, I'll receive it, whatever it is. Maybe it's that simple for us this morning. It's given to those who believe. By the way, that's the only requirement to receive this gift is belief and faith. It's freely given without having to be. This is not some Shakespearean quote. I'm setting you up to say, be what? I'm glad you asked. Qualified, dignified, and sanctified. How many of you feel qualified to have Jesus go hang on the cross? (laughs) I don't. What's so quality about me that Jesus should go die for me? Nothing. What's so quality about me that I could pay that price? Nothing. And by the way, that's not required. You don't have to be qualified to receive this gift. Because it's given in love. And it was given even in the midst of hurt. What about dignified? Well, Pastor, where are you going with that? I don't understand that. Have you ever withheld a gift because somebody's just not worthy of it? Maybe you haven't, but let me take that to the next step. Have you ever thought that? 
I'm not going to give this to that person because they won't truly appreciate it. That's really what we're talking about here. Do you think Jesus had that conversation on the cross? They don't, Father, strike, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Insert, Father, are you sure? Because I don't think they're really going to truly appreciate this. That's not what came out of his mouth. You and I didn't have to be dignified enough for Christ to freely give us this gift. Sanctified. In Romans 5.10, yeah, actually not verse 10, but just prior, you'll, you'll hear us read this in just a moment. But somewhere in there is, is the thing, you know, rare is it for a good man to die for a righteous man, all that. And it's always confused me, but this is what it's talking about. Hey, I'll give to somebody who's willing to work for it. Oh, ouch. I can't believe I just went there. Now I'm getting into politics. It's okay, I'm standing on a good, firm stage. By the way, I'm standing on the Word of God. No, literally. We put a Bible underneath here on a, on a, uh, on a blanket so that whoever's standing up here is standing on the Word of God. Metaphorically and literally. You heard the chuckle because it was Brian's suggestion. I wish I was that holy and pious that I thought of it. Sanctified. None of us are righteous enough, are good enough that Jesus would have freely offered His life That's not why He did it. He did it so that we would be sanctified through His blood. And that's part of the gift. That's part of the gift. Freely given to those who cannot pay. How many of us have ever received a gift that we wanted so desperately, but we just couldn't afford it? You just couldn't afford it. Maybe your parents knew, and it suddenly appeared. And, and maybe you could have cut corners, but you're like, no, I can't justify buying that. I would really like it, but I can't justify buying it. And I've, I've received hundreds, thousands of gifts over my lifetime. Just because, you know, people just want to give. Anyway. But I'll never forget a gift that was given to me that I really didn't have the money for. It was a wetsuit. And I couldn't justify spending the money for this wetsuit. And I was freezing. I don't know if you know how cold the Pacific is in the winter, but it's, it's cold. It's like life-threatening cold. And maybe that's why I received this gift, because I received it from my mother-in-law, who wanted me around for the protection of my children and fathering my children and taking care of her daughter. But on Christmas morning, one time, all of a sudden, and not just that there was a wetsuit, she made this card with a... a some neoprene that she got somewhere and and did like this outline of me. It was very beautiful. It was just incredible. It was inspirational how she's an artist. And here just in the card is this like this neoprene wetsuit material on a guy. I'm like, what is this? What's it? And the next thing that's handed to me is this wetsuit. And I was just so overtaken because I'm thinking, I had no hope of ever receiving that. Because I couldn't justify the money to buy it. 
And yet that was an expensive gift. And that's how much she loved me, that she would buy me something so frivolous. Come on, that was frivolous. That's how much she loved me. I couldn't buy it. Take that and blow that out about the free gift of eternal life and what God's given to you. That's not frivolous. But it came at a great cost. And one that hurt the Father. But love gives. Love gives. Romans 5.10 For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. This is saying that we can't be qualified, we can't be dignified enough, we can't be sanctified enough that when this gift was given, it was when we were His enemies. And yet He still gave, even though it hurt. Are any of us at that level of giving yet? I'm not there yet. But I want to be. I want to be. I want to be able to freely give even to the person that wants to hurt me. Even to the person that wants to reject me. I want to be able to give like Christ gives. Because receiving that love and receiving that strength from the Lord deepens my relationship and understanding with Him. And then He works beyond what I could ever do. I'm going to give you some understanding about this idea of hurt. How do we give even when there is hurt? And as I do so, um, you can turn to Hebrews 12, 2-3. I'll have it up on the screen in a minute. But let me read this poem by Christina Rossetti in this idea of giving um, even to those who cannot pay. And she says this, What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. And for many of us, we struggle with this idea because we say there's just, you're not going to get lemonade out of an orange. There's nothing to get. We're done. We're, we're in reverse we can't give anymore. I just encourage you, get out of that trap and just simply engage with the Lord and give out of love whatever He leads you to give. That's it. Whatever He leads you to give. Guilt has no place in this. Manipulation has no place in this. And if that's why we're giving, we have thrown away all the joy. And you'll hear it in a moment out of the Hebrews text. We've thrown away all the joy that's intended for this act of worship. So a friend of mine who's in business talks about benefits versus costs. Benefits versus costs. So if you think about that in terms of the cross, we know what the cost was. The great hurt that happened to our Father and happened to the Son. So there better have been a good benefit. The benefit of life, not death. That's the benefit. To you and to me. And you know what? This really should change my thinking on a daily basis. If you really contemplate it. How many of you are dreading an event coming up? I don't know if it's Arbor Day, you hate trees. I don't know if it's Tax Day. I don't know. 
But there's something coming. Maybe somebody's coming for Thanksgiving. You just don't, you know, I don't know. But there's this thing that's down the road and you're like, ah, and it, it drives you every day. And it actually steals from you every day. What if I was driven to think about the gift and the cost of the gift and the benefit that was afforded to me? What if that drove my thinking every day? Would I look different? Would I sound different? Would I see the world and my life different? I would. I would. The benefit of life, not death. Churchill has a great quote on this. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And you think about who said that, and you think about the great price that was paid by the British Empire and the lives that were given because of that hideous war. That's a brave statement. That's a brave, brave statement, but it is a true statement. The benefit of guarantee. Where are all these presents going to end up that we're going to get at Christmas? You know, statistically, it says that within five months, they're going to be in the city dump. Right? Now, some of them are really practical, and we, we, we really need them. But even if we have them, there's no guarantees with them. Right? I want you to think of something you received recently. A gift. Is it still working? All right? I, I received a gift uh, a few years ago, and it's a TV. And you want to know what it's like to watch TV in my house? Watching TV is not a problem. Listening to TV, on the other hand, sounds like... (laughs) No guarantee. And as a matter of fact, you can't even replace speakers. So either I'm going to learn how to read lips, and I'm going to set like a soundtrack off here on the other end, or... We're just going to stop watching TV because it doesn't work anymore. Folks, most of what we get is all just going to end up in the trash. There's no guarantee with it. With the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, His Son, there's a guarantee. You have a Scripture verse there. I encourage you to go look at it out of Ephesians 1. That when we receive, when we ask for that gift, then we are given the deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing our inheritance guaranteeing our inheritance that's a benefit that is a huge benefit the benefit of quality to receive something of quality is of great importance what is it that you're hoping for in a relationship what is it that you're hoping for out of a job what is it that you're hoping? My, my, uh, my daughter came home and we had some great conversation this past week about economics and this and that and and, uh, you know, at school, she's being told about how evil Walmart is and, and the evilness of Walmart. That in some of your life, it's funny when I say some of these things, you should see. I can tell instantly who agrees and who's like, oh, I hate that, that whole thing. It's hilarious. You guys are so polarized. It's unbelievable. Let's go unify everybody. Uh, but she was, you know, that came up. And so we had an opportunity to have a conversation. And, and so I said, well, well, honey, you know, there's one thing about that that I've not heard anybody explain. 
that even though those people who wish they had a better job, they wish they had higher wages, they knew how much they were making when they went and applied for the job. So they don't have to take that job. But Walmart comes in and they provide those jobs. But what invariably happens? We want the quality of our life to come up. And we look next door and we say, well, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. So we want what? We want more. Because we want more quality. We want more quality. Folks, I'll give you $100, which I don't have right now, (laughs) if you can tell me what's of greater quality than eternal life. got me there is nothing greater than the gift that is listed in john three sixteen. you will not be let down by it it will not break down it is something you could never acquire you could never buy and yet it was freely given you didn't have to purchase it it is of the finest quality Hebrews 12, 2-3 speaks about the benefits of giving. And looking at this idea of Jesus freely giving and the hurt, this really helps us understand and, and how do we deal with it. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him... Let's stop for a second. Actually, let's continue endured the cross. Does endured sound like a happy, happy time? No. Now look at the next one. Despising the shame. Does that look like a happy, happy time? Now let's reverse. What did it say? For the joy set before Him. Remember I told you that just prior to going to the cross, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives and He wept over those that would reject the gift that He was giving. It hurt to give. And yet in the midst of that hurt, what was his attitude? Joy. This is the secret to giving. This is it. Why did he do this? Because he loved you and I so greatly that he was willing to go through that hurt in order to give us eternal life for those who choose to receive it. That's it. That's the message of John 3.16. And that's how you marry this idea of hurt and joy through the process of giving. That's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? Where my joy becomes greater than my hurt. Even though the hurt still exists. It goes on to say that He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. His work is complete. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So this speaks to you and I today that when we get tired, when the hurt becomes overwhelming, that we just say, I'm done giving! I've been giving and giving and giving and I've been getting hurt because of it. I'm done! Consider Him. Consider Him. Consider Him. And coming off of this week where there was a little too many conversations rolling around in my head about hurt, it's no mistake that the Holy Spirit showed me this passage. And He made me think, consider Him who sat and wept before He followed through. That's love. And He 
And He alone can give me the motivation, the desire, and the love to give so that I can have this great relationship with Him. To give out of love regardless of hurt. To give out of love regardless of hurt. I'm going to give you four things in wrapping this morning. And as I do so, earlier I had, is there anybody who attends, we're going to do this symbolically, anybody who attends the, uh, the Dave Bedros Life Group? Okay, Gary, I'm going to ask you to come up on the stage. Is there anybody who attends our life group here? There's nobody. Janine, I'm going to ask you to come up on the stage just to represent our life group. Anybody who's here from Mike and Lynn and Dale's life group? Okay. Would you be willing to come on up? Okay. Come on up. And then anybody from Awana? Do we have any Awana leaders? Yeah. Adam, come on up. Um, Anybody here who's a senior, a part of our seniors ministry? Nobody. What? Oh yeah, okay. I can get. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. Anybody here? We've got a wanna lifetime. You'll represent lifetime youth group. Becky, could you please come on up? Okay. Now, you'll see where I'm going with this in a minute. Here's your pattern for growth and giving. Number one, as you contemplate this thing of giving. I want you guys to ponder what you give. That's where you start. Just start thinking about, what am I giving? What am I not giving? Just start contemplating. Get your mind set on it. Next, start praying about it. Start going before the Lord. And it's not about what your past... Have I even given you a number today? Have you heard anything about a tenth? You've heard nothing from me about a tenth. Okay? Pray. Because I'd tell you 80%. Anyway, move on. Plan on what you give. These boxes exist because somebody planned. Does that make sense? That's what makes it special. As you go out and you buy gifts for people, don't be like your pastor who runs through the malls at Christmas Eve an hour before. There's no planning in that. And my gifts reflect it. And Cindy's shaking her head, yup, yup. Plan what you give. Lastly, praise from what you give. And that's why you guys are here. That's part of the process of giving that makes giving about love not hurt. Now, it may hurt to give. Um, That's not a bad thing. Hopefully you've seen that this morning. It hurt the Father to give. It hurt the Son to give. But it was still joyful. And the joy overcompensated for the hurt. So what we do the first weekend every year in December is we get a group of people from our church and we head down to Mexico and we build a house for a family in need. Unfortunately, here's the mea culpa. Your pastor has to schedule that with the ministry in September. We had a little something that was taking a lot of time around here with launching the second service and everything that was going on. So I was late in getting it scheduled. So we're going to schedule that a little bit later in the year. But we have money sitting there in outreach. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to use the gifts that you gave towards outreach. And we're going to hand that to the seniors, $100. By the way, there's nothing in there. I don't trust you. No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, 
They'll receive the $100 when they come back with a plan. Here, I'll step down here because, you know, I can do this now, right? This is very nice. I like that. Um, so this is for our life group, $100 for our life group, $100 for lifetime. Wow, honey, you're getting rich. This is fantastic. Uh, who's part of Dave's life group? This is $100 for Dave's life group, $100 for youth, and then Mike's life group right here. Wow, it's contest between the ladies. Very good. Here's Awana. And did we have anybody from Brad's, Brad's life group? Yes, Rich, come on up here. You're, you're the representative from Brad's life group. So I'll let you stand right there. Now, here's what y'all are going to do. You're going to get together with your groups over the next couple weeks. And you're going to start talking about someone you know who needs to know the love of Jesus, that needs to know the gospel, a family that's also in need practically. There's going to be very little Christmas, if any Christmas at all. A lot like Project uh, Operation Shoe Child or whatever. What's this thing called? <laughs> Operation Christmas Box. I, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I got too many things going on. Okay. So what you're going to do is as a group, you're going to find a family that's in need. And then you as the group, once you find that family, you come back to me. We give you $100 and you as a group do Christmas for them. We'll do it with our youth. We'll do it with Awana. We'll do it through all the life groups and through our seniors ministry. Does that sound like a good idea? We've pondered. We have prayed about it. We put together a plan. And I can't wait to hear the praises of what God's going to do through this giving because this is demonstrative of what he does for us there's joy even though it hurts there's joy let me close in prayer father thank you for giving to us beyond what anything we could understand that we could create that we could make happen i pray for those that have not yet received the gift for whatever reason they're convinced that it's not available for them or maybe they're just not aware that it's there. Help us to take that gift and share it. Maybe even this Thursday night, Lord. Lord, we pray over this endeavor. It's very spontaneous. But we have opportunity. And so we pray that there's fruit from this. That just like we heard the testimony of the, the, the lady from Romania, that this effort... This morning, not just the shoeboxes, but that this effort this morning from giving into our local community will yield results for these families. They would experience the love of Christ. To your glory, Father. Amen. I'm going to ask one other thing. Two other things. Because I'm selfish that way. Number one, if you know of a family that needs to know Christ and has great practical needs, please come talk to me. And then I can share with the different groups and we can start going that direction too. If you are in need, we have way too much money. Okay? I don't know how else to put it. We got more money than we could possibly imagine what to do with. Obviously, we're just giving it away. Okay? We have money. We don't have <laughs> Okay, don't stop giving. Okay? Let me just say that. Keep the giving going. But we have a bunch of money sitting in our deacon's fund that isn't being blessed. And we have people that are in need. Please talk to me. Call me, email me during the week, and let me know what we can do for you because that money has been given 
so that people can be provided for. Amen? Amen. You are dismissed. God bless you. Encourage one another. And we'll see you Thursday night, right?